As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Wow. So this week, this uh, Charlie Charlie thing is blowing up like crazy, right? It's, yeah. Well, this is what's interesting. I don't know the timeline. Uh, these things always fascinate me. The the germination of a trend or idea or phrase. But these days, when you have the internet and you have Twitter and you have YouTube and people are able to post things immediately, where did this begin? They actually tracked it down, right? Well, there is an article. Uh, actually, it's part of their blog uh, series, BBC Trending. And I think Mike Wendling did a little article there about the possible origins of this game that started online. And I believe, well, now it's being attributed to a Mexican demon, popularly, which I guess is not true. Right. It doesn't, it does, they, they, he tracked it back to an, an older YouTube video, right, that was posted a while back? Well, there's a posting, and again, we'd, we'd have to go further back into where this thing started, but uh, it's a couple of kids, well, teenagers, I guess, playing a game called Hugando Charlie Charlie. So that's that's essentially means uh, playing Charlie Charlie, the game. Right. Uh, but they're it, they're doing it slightly differently. It's with pencils that they're holding, and I guess and they're whoever, pushing them against. Oh, is that each what other. it is? It's yeah. so whoever pushes. It okay. looks. It doesn't. It's not nearly as impressive as the ones that are swinging. Well, the ones you know, now. I mean, that's that's nothing new. I mean, that's uh, people have been traditionally something like that would be used with a with a pendulum, a right. pendant, and right. what you do is you hold it down. And uh, in, in fact, it's kind of a, a, a wives' tale now, folklore about determining the uh, the sex of your baby. I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, pregnant women do that, in a, you know, in a baby shower. Uh, but you hold a pendant over. It doesn't actually have to be over any kind of piece of paper. Generally, if you take if it swings back linearly or in a circle, the, you could take that to mean yes or no, or boy or girl. Of course, boy being yeah, lying. Yeah, you know what? When I was a kid, I had a, a board game. I don't even know, really know how it was a game, but it was called Kreskin's ESP. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. awesome. And, well, and he was had, big. He was big during that yes, era. He Kreskin was, he, was he the was, man. He always had TV specials, and he would attempt bigger and bigger things. And it had pen, a pendulum in it, a little plastic pendulum. You're right. That I would swear was moving on its own. You know, because yeah. people are like, oh, your hand's doing it subconsciously. You're doing it or whatever. Right. I used to make, go out of my way to hold my hand on the edge of a table yeah. so that nothing could bother it and you would ask questions and the pendulum would swing around or whatever. And, you know, of course, the mod more modern iteration of that is probably the eight ball or something like that. You're, you're leaving things to, to chance. To right. A certain that, those extent, but. Th yeah. But see, that's a, there are differences because if, if you're holding the string with the pendulum on it, that's right. yes. Now you're interacting with it. Right. Now, the Charlie Charlie game, I got to say, looking at it. Where you just have the pencils, and if nobody's blowing on it, if no one's uh, and that's the real question. It. Anyone could be blowing on it, but I mean, in the videos, you you don't hear that. But obviously, I'm an editor; it's very easy to lose that. But <laughs> yeah, in the one right. where the guy smacks the pen and the pencil off the table, the audio sounds very real, and and you don't hear a blowing sound. No, we but. always go by people's reactions. We'll reference one of our uh, favorite shows, Paranormal Witness, where yeah, they I think have it's a, off the uh, air now, but. 
It's worth buying as a series. I got to be honest. Oh yeah, it's not yeah, good. The, my favorite gone. though is the one where this demon visits this family, and you may not believe it. You may think they're trashing their own house, which sounds kind of odd. But the way they react to it on camera, the real people are being interviewed, and clearly they're traumatized, or they're really, really. Can I say they're really, really good actors? Because right. obviously they're they're freaked out, and right. and that's kind of hard to hide. As you will see with the people on these YouTube videos, some of them are genuinely freaked out. So let me ask you this. Having looked at, you know, everyone's talking about it now. Now these, what you said, uh, is ESPN or somebody has appropriated it or is making jokes oh, about it? Oh, there's a, no, well, no, it's, well, something. of course, in the, in the Twitterverse, there's a baseball feed that, right. uh, you know, I'm going to guess is mostly talking about baseball, but now they're asking, is baseball a good game? You know, utilizing the Charlie Charlie game. When marketing takes over and corporations, you know, now it's a Coca-Cola ad right. or something. right. It's over as far as like cultural coolness. Uh, However, you're tapping into something that's very ancient, divination. There's always been forms of it, but you see now is just the the latest iteration, as you you say, where now the results of this game can be posted online. So we come to this other question, though. Is it just a kid's prank? All right. So did you see the link I sent you earlier today from the Catholic blog, I guess it was? I certainly did. That, that was interesting. It basically said that an exorcist is advising against playing this game. Well, An exorcist. Yeah. Now, but, it depends on where you come down on exorcism <laughs> and possession and everything. But it's a, it's a warning that I don't – I'm not even Catholic, but I don't yeah. take it lightly. Well, two things on that. The, the more interesting to me aspect is that it, the, the article appeared to say there is an epidemic, a global epidemic of demonic incursions going on. Yes. And more and more bishops and cardinals are attending this conference of exorcists that are sanctioned by the Catholic Church. So they seem to be concerned about it, which is interesting because I think the rise has to do with social media these days, is that, yeah, you have more instances now of people finding out about it, especially kids, young people, and then going to try it out, wanting to post the results. Yes, and you know what else they say? A lot of today's youth aren't going to church anymore. There's no spirituality that in their lives. That ties in with Yeah, it. and that's yeah. what they're concerned about. And. And uh, wherever you come down on that, uh, we actually have uh, another who's, who's ultimately going to be hopefully a regular guest of the show, Reverend Dr. Tim, Dr. Who, Tim. Is, uh, who has a doctorate in theology from St. Andrews in Scotland. And uh, is a great guy to talk to about all things spiritual. And we're hoping to get him on the show here pretty soon. But, but you know, not to get in too big of an issue here, but when you come back to this whole Charlie Charlie thing and what, whatever you believe in, which I think a lot of it is just gravity or whatever, but there was there's, one or two times that you think it only takes one. I, I don't know. You know, if you go back to the Greyfriars Kirkyard episode, how I feel about demons and possession, that's what that whole episode is about in a lot of ways. I don't know. Because you, you had joked. You said, hey, let's film this. We'll put it up on our – put <laughs> well, on the just, website. Just to scare you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I immediately was like, oh – and then I was like, I don't know if I want to do it at my house, really. <laughs> well, this, this is a door that once you open, you might not be able to close it. Exactly. If it, it's it, real, I mean, what yeah. do, are you willing to bet that it's, there's no chance that it's real? Well, why, one philosophical argument is why take the chance? It's uh, when, I, when I took philosophy in college, it's uh, the wager. It's, you know, if, if you don't believe that God exists, well, then you don't have to follow any rules other than your own morality. And a lot of folks do. Maybe that's on the rise. But you might be paying a penalty for that later. So the wager is, well, why just go through the motions? Just start, start believing because if, you're, if you lose, the, the odds are tremendous against you. If you turn out to be right, well, you're in good standing then. You don't know for certain. And it's, it's human nature to want to believe in something evil because it's immediate. 
Yes. Uh, rather than God or something of a higher spiritual nature, you're more apt to believe in, in evil spirits because they're more, I don't know, they're more base. They're here with us. You get a reaction from the pencil. If you had a praying game to God and, and asked him questions, I don't know if you'd get the same results. And and in turn, would the would people react the same? Would that catch on fire on the right. internet? That might, that's probably right around the corner. Probably somebody's going to they're going <laughs> to they're going to ask try to ask God questions through this pencil. Yeah, well, which of course people are going to be like, wait a minute. No, well, no. Then you have people being skeptical about that. Right. But what I was trying to say is, if you believe there is something to this, and you're genuinely interested in communicating with the other side, what everyone tells you who are, who's in the paranormal field is that. It's like hitchhiking. You don't know who you're getting. There's a big thing about knowing the name of the demon or, or entity you're dealing with, because that is how you first approach handling them. Yeah, oh, it's like, don't say Candyman three times. Candyman, and in this case, it's Charlie Charlie, which may be uh, bogus right. <laughs> and, and, not, uh, and not actually it's, – well, it's been determined it's not actually – a Mexican folklore. When it had started spirit. in Mexico, it would be Carlito. It would be Carlito, Carlito, yeah, yeah. jugando, Carlito, Carlito. Oh, no, don't please. No. I, I I took Spanish in college. I'm allowed to say uh, some Spanish words now and again. Okay, okay. yeah, but not with the crazy <laughs> character accent. I that's how we learned it. Uh, okay. That's exactly how the guy spoke in, in school. Okay. Uh, my point is, there's a big thing about knowing who you're dealing with. If you believe in any of that kind of stuff, you don't know if they're telling the truth because again, there's a long history of the the trickster gods. People trying to fool you for their own entertainment, for whatever purpose they have. And that is that is my concern. Because supposedly the theory is with a demon, it's going to pretend to be whatever it wants to be to get through the door. Welcome back to Astonishing Legends. I'm Scott Philbrook, and this is Forrest Burgess. I hope this doesn't sound pompous, but I don't think of myself as famous. Whatever fame I've got has come through what I've done and associations of things I've done. Peter Cushing. Join us tonight as we take an Astonishing Legends look at interactions between the famous and their fans. So I was hanging out with Mark DeAndre the other day, and he was telling me a couple of stories that we thought might be fun to share on this episode. They're a little bit outside the sort of normal creepy stuff that we do, but they're still interesting. And since he's going to be a regular contributor, we thought it would be good to sit down and record them. Pretty soon we're going to be trying to send him out to some haunted locations and spend the night and sort of see what happens when he comes face to face either with his fear or with nothing, whatever, just has a good time like on the Queen Mary or something. We try to find that haunted room from that earlier episode and see if we can get him in there. At the very least, he can listen to the bagpipes. But uh, in the meantime, we want to welcome him back for a few quick stories. Before we get started, I want to quickly remind our listeners that we have a free app out now in the App Store for your iPhone or your iPad. Also, it's available at Google Play if you have an Android-based device. And right around the corner, we'll have it for Windows phones as well and other portable devices. So it's a great way to keep up with the show. It takes care of everything. It downloads them. You can favorite them. You can delete them, whatever. It's, it's so easy to use. My grandmother is actually using it successfully. So check it out if you want to be more connected to us. You can also reach out to us through the app if you have some stories you want to share. So anyway, Mark, you had uh, recently you had a little bit of a psychic experience. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but can we just, just quickly talk about dinner? Oh, my God. This is – I don't know. if I'm not sure this is interesting. It'll be quick. <laughs> so uh, we went to dinner. Yes. Sushi place. Yes. 
nearby Los Angeles. Very, very upscale, nice place. And we order shishito peppers, which yeah. I think, uh, you know, is pretty common around the U.S. I would. Yeah, uh, they're getting, pretty amazing. They're like, they, they put these, pe- I don't even know how, they, I think they grill little them a little bit. And grilled and maybe some, maybe some garlic, something going on there. Some kind of oil or something. Some are long, some are small, some are hot as hell. Yeah, the catch is like one in 10, roughly one in 10 supposedly. It's super spicy. And you don't know what – well, you don't you know what – You can't tell. Yeah. But yeah, you can't tell. They, they have not, a hidden you, Everyone thinks they can tell. Yeah. Oh, it's this one because it's long yeah. or, or <laughs> it's just as small but wrinkled. No one knows what they're talking about. So anyway, I have a tendency to uh, – if, if, if a door is – you know, if you're pulling it, I push it. If it's the opposite – you know, I've cut my finger almost in half going into a coffee shop. Because hmm. the lock had just just jutted out, the side of it was jutting out a little bit, and I would, I went against it. I mean, just ridiculous. So tonight we're eating. I go to get a shishito pepper. I pick it up. Uh, yeah, ooh, kind of, kind of, kind of stung when I picked it up. Ah, eh, nothing. Eat it. Put it down. Notice a little bit of a little mark on the side of the dish. I don't know what it is. I look at my finger. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, ooh, I'm bleeding. I'm cut. Yeah, that put me right off the So <laughs> I show Scott, I, I, I'm cut. I mean, I'm, there's a, you know, visible cut. I'm bleeding. There's blood on the little dish. We get the waitress. Hey, well, I'm cut. You know, she's like incredulous. Yes. She I didn't think. believe you. She yeah. did not believe. Well, we, the dish was porcelain. So we, of course, checked it for chips, breaks, cracks. It had none. Yeah. And I didn't even touch the dish. So I just, I mean, I picked up a thing. It, somehow I must have picked up the, uh, unless something... And I'm never going to, you know, because of you, I'm not going to discount the supernatural. <laughs> I'm not sure this story uh, is. I don't know. I think it, anyway. So. All I know is that I think what you got was the world's first pepper cut. <laughs> oh. But I think, yeah, honestly, I think on this, on the, on the, on the stem, there might've been a little prickly thing uh-huh. that I somehow, like I said, I, I find a way to make anything Dangerous. All right. Well, now that you've mentioned it, you've got to send me that uh, that picture we took of your finger. I'll put it up on the website with this episode, and we can let the listeners decide. Absolutely. How you can get a pepper cut. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, you were you were t- we were talking at dinner, in fact, about how you recently had had sort of a pseudo psychic experience. Uh, maybe this is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it's 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 interesting. I think so. And you know me; I've never considered myself. I'm open to. Otherworldly supernatural events, or I'm open to it. Yeah. Do I believe in it? No, but I'm 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 willing to accept ghosts and whatever. So there's a really famous, uh, at least Los Angeles wise, video store that recently announced they were closing. Vidiots. Vidiots. Yeah. Yes. I got a lifetime membership there. As I do. Yeah. Member number L four nine two zero. Nice. I lost any, my card. <laughs> any list? Well, you're still in there. Yeah. I think I have a couple of credits. So this was, I, yeah, pre-computers when I got mine. If I'm in there, I'll be amazed. I feel like they had a card catalog behind the counter or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, God, I we probably got others around the same time. Yeah. All right. So, oh, oh and by the way, you know the other store that's really great? Because you were mentioning Vidiots is, Vidiots is one of the last great video stores. You know what the other one is? And it's right over here by me, which I didn't realize until I accidentally drove by it the other day. Eddie Brant's. Oh, is that still around? Yeah. It was, oh. That place is amazing because it's a catalog of things that you cannot rent. They're not rentable. They're like old episodes of The Letterman Show, and they can't charge you for them by law. 
so they have them. It's like a library. You can go in there and just write your name, and they will loan you copies of old shows and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. I haven't been there lately, but it, in the old days, you would go and get a bar, basically borrow a VHS and then return like it. Like a library, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they have huh. DVDs now or whatever, but I remember when I drove by it the other day, I was like, I couldn't believe I was living so close to it because back in the 90s when I lived closer to LAX, I felt like it was a thousand miles from my yeah, house. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I always remember <laughs> hearing about that place. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Anyway, so, so – Vidiots. So Vidiots uh, announced they were closing, and and this place, this place is a is a is a mainstay in L.A. I mean, it's kind of like the original hipster video store. You used to take me to readings there, right? We saw uh, Jerry Stahl there. Yep the the writer of Permanent Midnight, and uh, he used to write on Alf. And he was a big heroin addict, but uh, he was amazing. Yeah, that done, was a really cool thing. That they've done, uh, yeah. They've kind of branched out into doing readings, and uh, they've actually opened up like classes, a little annex that they've opened up that uh, oh, that's cool. trying to kind of get. You know, more things happening there, but I guess just it wasn't really paying the bills, and so they announced they were closing on Facebook, which I rarely go on. Someone had sent me that news flash saying they were closing, and I just kind of wrote a little note saying, oh, well, can't Larry Ellison or something, uh, you know, just throw him a million and keep him going? And uh, a couple days later in the news comes up Megan Ellison. No relation. Well— his daughter no. is going to keep uh, Vidiots going with a donation or some kind of – Just for our listeners who don't know, Larry Ellison is the founder and I think still, but I don't know for sure, CEO of Oracle, which and they were – I got to be honest. When I was reading about them in the old days, they were the original cloud computing company. They wanted all their software to live somewhere else and you would just access it. And I'm not entirely sure on that, so don't quote me on it. I'm sure a bunch of programmers are going to get mad at me, but – uh, but this guy is a is a billionaire, and when I say billionaire, I'm talking about like Thomas Crown Affair races giant yachts in the most deadly race sailing Bi- race in buys the, islands in the world. Yeah, in uh, the Sydney Hobart race, which he actually his boat, one of his boats, one caps. Well, yeah, but one capsized and people died, Uh-oh. and then. And yes, and he bought a piece of Hawaii, one of the Hawaiian islands, Lanai, I think. He bought. How do you buy a piece of a state? I don't know a U.S. No. Whatever. Anyway, so this guy's low. That's who Larry Ellison is now. Megan and herself. She's a, a film producer, isn't she? Yeah, and very. How, successful. how old is she? Is she our age or like? Well, you don't want to reveal our age. Yeah, everyone well, yeah. knows I'm old. Early, t- <laughs> early twenties. Oh, is that? Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, no, she's. I would. I, I would guess. Late twenties, early thirties, but yeah, but she, she's, she's legit, right? Oh yeah, film, very, yeah, yeah, successful yeah, film yeah. producer. So yeah. not not I mean, she got her money from her dad, but no 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 insults here in, in her use of money and the fact that she uh, aside st- from the phrase she got her money from her dad. <laughs> well, I mean, but she's using it correctly and she's doing her own thing and yeah. she saved of idiots and yes. I predicted it. You did kind of, by and we could we can sort of prove that, right? You sent me a screenshot of your posting on Facebook. Yes, a long which has a date. Right? It's all proven, my friends, along yeah. with the picture of my finger that was cut by the shishito pepper. I'm st- you will all see the proof. I'm not convinced I'm leaving that story. I, I think – I listen, I, I mean I, to you it's not interesting, but I think there's plenty of people in a, uh, one or two states that would like it. Uh, you know, I have, some, I have some friends that are children's book authors, uh, two I can think of in particular, and I really feel like they should both come out with a book called The Pepper Cut. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Nvidia's is is near and dear to my heart. It is sort of the original hipster video store, and it's, uh, that's almost giving it a bad name. It's not a. It's it is a legit. 
yeah, place yeah, that people. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that almost it like down. a hipster gives it a bad name. It is yeah. like people that love movies and they've always like. It's a solid place. It's not. Uh, it's worth it's, visiting it's, if you're a it's tourist. It's not trendy. If anyone comes to L.A., go check it out. Yeah. Even, even if uh, just to look around, even if you you don't have a DVD well, player where you are, just that, check it out. That experience of going into a video store, which is lost forever, obviously now because everything is digital and streaming, and pretty soon all of our stuff's going to be in the cloud. And I, you know, it's like. That being able to walk the aisles and see those worn cases of those movies that everyone has checked out and, you know, whatever. Oh, Jay, that, that was like the, the best experiences of my life. Speaking of uh, foreshadowing Uh-oh. our next topic. Uh-oh. But I used to love to, uh, you know, wander through a video store with the VHS tapes of the different horror movies and just – and I worked at a video store. But even before that, I would – I would the favorite moments of my life – Ever to this day, or when I would go to my grandparents and stay over for the weekend, and I would go to a video store and just I would literally pick up movies for the entire weekend, and I would I would look at each movie, see how long it was, and I would figure out the entire night according to the length of the movie. I would I would I'd say I'm getting back to my grandparents' house at five o'clock. Okay, what do we got here? We got this movie that's two hours, five to seven. This next movie is an hour and a half, seven to eight thirty. This next movie is two hours, eight thirty to ten thirty. This next movie is an hour and a half, eight thirty to eleven. And for then- our listeners who haven't heard an episode with Mark before, he has a slight case of OCD. <laughs> and this is how I got my film education, though. Watching, I mean, that's like, what Tarantino did, right? Yeah, yeah. worked at Video Treasures in Manhattan Beach. So yeah. that's awesome. That's it's it's cool and it and it is an amazing feeling. Like, and it's a perfect segue to our next topic. segment. It's a segment segue. segue. Yes. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> is that what you're going to talk about? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. So how are we going to intro that? I just did it. No, come on. I did. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a perfect intro into our next segment. And a perfect segue. A, a few weeks ago, I, I have uh I think I mentioned before that my wife and I remodeled a house, and when we did it, we put actually a little movie theater in our living room. It's not a big living room. It's not a big house. It's not a mansion by any means. It's a a bungalow is probably the best word for it, but we have a movie screen in the living room with a projector, and I like to have my friends over to watch stuff every now and then and let them pick something. Now, in this case, (laughs) Mark made a suggestion. Uh, I wasn't expecting. It's just a movie I'd always been obsessed with, and I think I probably had mentioned to Scott before. It's called Night of the Creeps, and uh, so Emily was out of town, his kid was in bed, and this was the perfect time. This was the perfect time. It's so. a, it's a uh, so it came out in 1986. I saw it as soon as it came out on video. I love the cover. It's kind of a uh, zombie dressed in a uh, prom night tuxedo holding uh, flowers at the, at, the, at the window kind of thing. <laughs> This movie's a, a cult classic, right? It's, it's yeah. It's, it's, cons- I mean, it's 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 definitely not like a, I had never heard of it, but yeah, you know. it's 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 well regarded yeah. in the horror world. So, I mean, not every aspect of the movie holds up today, but it's still a ton of fun. And one of the reasons that it's a ton of fun is one of the lead actors, Tom Atkins, oh, who yeah. is. That's what. That's how you convinced me to watch it. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, because I'm. A, I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy. I love that guy. He, and any, any I remember hor- him from Lethal Weapon. Any horror fan, or even yeah, from yeah. Lethal Weapon, he plays uh, Hunsaker. 
He gets shot like through, by Gary Busey from the helicopter, right through the milk carton. Through a milk carton <laughs> yeah. at, at, at I think his daughter's wedding. Yeah, yeah. Um, Such a. But he was kind of a uh, horror film veteran. He was in uh, The Fog and uh, Escape from New York and Halloween Three. Good and, movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the lead in Halloween Three. It's which is actually. A pretty good movie if you haven't seen it recently. It's not related to Michael Myers at all. It's about this like possessed Halloween masks that kids will put on and it will like possess them. But it's a uh, it's actually a good movie. But he's leading that right. So he's one of the main characters in Night of the Creeps. He's and a detective, right? Like I mean, <laughs> I say that like I don't know. We watched it together, but I love it. What's what's his tagline? Thrill me. <laughs> so every time he answers the phone. That's his tagline, thrill me. And he's kind of a very suicidal detective who doesn't have much to live for. And these two goofball kids from college get involved in this alien – this is always so hard to explain. Well, the long and short of it is there's a parasitic alien involved. That's the crux of the story that's causing people to attack each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's an alien that has spit out its eggs into this little community and they infect people and – People become zombies and they go from person to person and spit out a little worm type thing that infects that person. Yes, so, in, one of, in one of the most amazing effect shots of all time, <laughs> special effect shots of all time, that thing moving. Yeah, there's a few where the uh, the infected person will spit out this little worm creature that then goes into the mouth of the victim and then they become a zombie and they go on to infect the next person. There's a – it's just a fun movie and it's, it's just – it's very well done. It's the director, uh, Fred Decker – is uh, obviously like just very schooled in uh, in filmic language and 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 obviously a, a big horror fan, as you can tell by the names of the characters in the movie. There's a uh, J.C., which is a John Carpenter type thing. There's a Romero, which is George Romero. Oh, that's right. Night they all have names. Dead. They all have names yeah. related to. Uh, there was a, a, a Cronenberg, a Hooper, a Landis, a Ramey. So all these horror film directors were referenced in this movie. Aside from the line, thrill me, the other uh, famous quote is, as the zombified dates are arriving to the uh, sorority's house, the detective says to the females, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pre-laughing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The detective says to the waiting females in their prom dresses, the good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's worth watching. It is truly – and even if you're not a B-movie fan, this one is absolutely worth watching. Yeah, and it's the cast is, is good. It's It's got a couple people you'll recognize. It's not gory. It's uh, – Yeah, it's not particularly gory actually. No, it's just, yeah. it's just well-constructed and fun and there's some stuff that's dated. But it's definitely worth checking out. Now, speaking of videos and our sort of our overall theme tonight, you used to work at a video store, didn't you? Oh yeah, right. Was, Which we mentioned in the early in a, one of your prior episodes. Well, yeah, I was a uh, clerk to one of the uh, Manson family. They would come and rent movies for me. So uh, really, didn't he also work there? Some or not work there? He did artwork for the store. Yeah, he rented movies, but he was also the uh, resident uh, artist. So if we were having a sale or when we would have like resident a, uh, artist, we would have uh, <laughs> ten movies for ten dollars, whatever it was. He he would do the artwork for that. You're so, afraid uh, to say his name. I won't. Yeah, you won't say. Why can't I say his name? Our listeners are going to want to know who it is. Did we mention it when we talked about it? The last time in yeah. the last episode, the prior episode, I can't remember. 
Well, there's no... It could be a little Easter egg. I mean, whatever. The guy's... I mean... There's no danger in mentioning it. It's, it... Clem Tufts. Clem Tufts was his Manson name. I didn't know him by that name. I knew him by another name, which is readily available in uh, Helter Skelter, but uh, the book. Yeah, he was a uh, creepy man. But he is, uh, in terms of fame, and I guess that's a weird twisted look at fame, he's not your only brush with fame, is he? Well, no. As a kid, I was always obsessed in some... I don't know what was behind it, but I was always obsessed with movies and Hollywood and... uh, I was obsessed with getting autographs, and I loved, absolutely loved getting mail of any kind. I would write to everyone, and when I would get a manila envelope in the mail addressed to me, I would know, I knew it was a, an autograph of some kind, and that was like the height of excitement to me. I mean, it's never, it's never matched by anything in my adult life as far as like how excited I would get. So you would write, you would write to people. And ask for their and request their autographs via the mail. Yeah, I think I read about it in uh, in TV Guide how to get a hold of of different actors' addresses through their agents. So I would write for some reason I through TV Guide I would write the different actors that I was interested in, and then they would write me back and say care of TV Guide. Yeah, this is. I bet this some is, of our listeners have no idea what TV Guide is. <laughs> yeah, this is this is before this is when there was no internet and you had to find out what was playing on TV by a literal printed guide that you would buy at the at the at the grocery store. Yeah, and there was no <laughs> taping anything. There was no TiVo. There was no answering machines or cell phones. So you just basically had to look in the in the printed matter. Can you imagine the logistics behind that back in the day? Like what's coming out on TV? Oh, now we have to print it in on a newspaper. Or and you know, or and now we have it. to print it in a little book. And by the way, I saw one at the register just yesterday, and I thought about you. Uh, they've reinvented themselves. It was much bigger. They've yeah. changed the size of it or whatever. Yeah, and and I got to say, I, I I preferred it. Something about like that old school way. I just I, I was forced to look in that in the in in the magazine to look for things, and I would just I don't know something about it. It's kind of well. It's a it's kind of a theme tonight. It's like we talked about walking around in the video store. I mean, whether it was Vidiots or the store that you worked at, I guess there's more of a reward for your senses when you're doing that versus just you know clicking and watching and 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 uh, and uh, you're you're kind of you know you're taking a gamble on on something you don't know you don't you haven't read about it you haven't there's no you know you're looking in a you were looking in a video store and it's like oh what is this. I have no idea what this movie is, but I'm going to take this thing, and and it might be terrible. It might be amazing. I have no idea. You know, Mad Max is out right now, (laughs) and when I think back to the original box, that original cover, oh, I want to see that so bad. But but actually, the new Mad Max, it's, it's pretty damn good. Well, it's it's the same director, right? It's George oh yeah, Miller. oh yeah. I, but, I I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, gotta, no, it's worth like, seeing. But I, I, I got to tell you though, from the trailers, I was like, oh, this is just going to be a bunch of explosions and no story. But no, everyone says it's great. It's well done. Yeah. So, but, it, let, but I'm sure we all we sound like uh, old men. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know, we do a little bit talking about the uh, pre-internet days. We and, the good old days. <laughs> oh well. Well, they were good. Um. So. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what you brought with you tonight. I'm looking over at Mark right now. He's sitting across from me in our our little makeshift studio. He's got a pile of black and white photographs and some stuff in a, I don't know, a a zipper bag that you might buy a comforter in at Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) I don't know. What's going on here? I don't know where this came from. Wait, is that Ted Lange from Love Boat? Wait, I thought I saw. Oh, no, I have him in here. 
Uh, what, what, okay, so tell our listeners what you're, what you're looking at right now. So I have this pile of autographs that I uh, amassed over my childhood. I'm sorry. Like a, should we better frame that as an autograph collection? What did I say? A pile of autographs. You have an autograph collection. Okay. That's the long and short. Yeah, okay. just go ahead. Own it. <laughs> I was an autograph freak. Yeah. I, I was I – was Oh, a, my God. Is that William Cat? I was a non-discriminating autograph seeker. Okay. And I, I, I just randomly picking up uh, autographs here. I have the uh, the Jeffersons, which maybe some of you know, Sherman Helmsley and uh, assorted other actors. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, the greatest American hero. William Catt. I actually see him fairly frequently. He lives near here. He lives near, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robert, Robert Culp. Yeah. He's driving a Honda, by oh. the way. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he needs some residuals. And uh, – he probably yeah, I was, got screwed. I was kind of obsessed with a, a Star Wars, as every kid was. So I, I was able to get a few uh, autographs from. Oh, really? Who those for, people? Who'd you, who'd you get from Star Wars? I got Carrie Fisher. Best, oh. best wishes, galactically yours. I got uh, Robert De Niro. Yep. Ted Lange, the bartender right. from Love Boat. Yeah. Wait, can I see? What is that guy? What, does that is that one guy say something? Be skiing. James B. Skiing? Oh, James, Wait, no, that cannot be a real person's name. James B. Sicking. Oh, Sicking. Okay. He was the... Uh, <laughs> I, I have like, so he's not skiing. I have several <laughs> autographs from uh, Hill Street Blues. Oh, that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I see his face, clearly, yeah. Magnum P. I got another one. Joe Spano from Hill Street Blues. Uh, Michelle Johnson from Blame It on Rio. I was just completely obsessed with. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the... Uh, speaking of Star Wars, I got... C-3PO, which is uh, Anthony, Anthony, Daniels. Anthony Daniels. Yeah. But probably one of my uh, most cherished Star Wars autographs is uh, Peter Cushing, who is a uh, legendary British actor who was in a ton of horror movies as well. British, like they were basically Hammer films. Grand Moff Tarkin, right? In there Wars? we go, in yeah. the 60s and 70s. And, geesh, this was 1978. I was seven years old. Wow. He wrote me in this, like, amazing British – well, it's not British. Can I take a, a look at it? Yeah. It's, a, it's just this amazing writing. Mark, may God's blessings be with you always in all sincerity. And it's just this – Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's penmanship right there. It, people don't – I can't even write in cursive. Good Lord. Yeah, and then, it's and then beautiful. I, and Wait, then you know, I, we're going we're gonna to scan this and put it on the website for our listeners. Is that okay with you? Oh yeah, and then on top of that, he he there was a typed letter, October nineteen seventy eight. Dear Master, wait Deon- wait wait wait. He wrote you a letter, typed. Dear Master DeAndre, thank you for your letter. I'm glad you enjoyed Star Wars, and enclosed my autograph as requested. May God's blessing be with you always in all sincerity, Peter Cushing. I mean, this is I'm seven years old. He called you Master DeAndre. Master DeAndre. I didn't I didn't know what that meant. I still don't know what that means, and I love it. Let me. Did you reach out to Alec Guinness at all? I probably did, but I'm you don't sh- have anything from him. nothing. You know what's interesting? I I remember seeing a quote. Oh yeah, this looks amazing. Oh, you know what this is? This is uh, as a fan of all things mechanical, I can tell you by looking at this letter that this was typed up on an IBM Selectric. I'm not sure which model. In 1978, it probably would have been a Selectric 1 or a Selectric 2, 
and it's using the script element, which is the element was the word for the little ball that went up there. It's an amazing machine, that typewriter. My mom had one that I wanted so bad, I asked her to ship it to me when I lived in New York, and UPS dropped it and destroyed oh. it along the way. It was unusable. But, uh, so this brings back some... <laughs> no, I, I, I really didn't want... There's nothing like typing on one of those. He must have loved sitting and write, and typing on that machine, and he used that script font. It looks amazing. We're going to scan this and put it on the website. I can't believe his, his signature. The signature is, is incredible. In, in all sincerity... Yeah. What a nice sign-off, in all sincerity. Yeah. A classy Peter guy. Classy yeah, classy guy. guy. The reason I asked you about Alec Guinness was because I'd, I'd read some time, a long time ago, that he was sort of irritated with people asking him about Star Wars, and he called it that little science fiction film that he made. Yep, yep. I had heard about that. Um, and, uh, so, you yeah. Know, he was, and granted, Bridge on the River Kwai is a far greater performance from him, <laughs> but still, Star Wars is, was earth-shattering. I think as an as an actor, you probably have to either totally accept that or you fight it. But yeah, most I mean, most yeah, actors, people are going to like the movies that you feel you weren't necessarily at the top of your game at. Not not from a performance standpoint, but just that it was easy to do or whatever. Yeah, but if someone you know is, inter- is likes is is asking for an autograph or likes what you've done, I mean, I don't know. You can only take that as a uh, as a compliment. I think I sure. don't know. It's, but uh, so, who else have you got there? Let's see. So, oh well, I was obsessed as a kid, as probably many other kids were, with Kelly LeBrock. Oh yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Woman in Red uh, uh, with Gene Wilder. That was their kind of first breakout hit in like 1984, and then uh, a couple of years later, uh, Weird Science. She's such a pretty lady. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> that was right when I was, uh, you know. Yeah, we don't need to get into becoming. All that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, so anyway, I would, I would, I tended to uh, with my letters. I would, uh, I would always leave my phone number. I would also kind of, you know, maybe when I would write my letters, I would make myself sound maybe a little bit more uh, not pathetic, but uh, I, I would. Oh, I, so I, you were playing the violin strings a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to get a reaction from these people. Make so. a wish foundation. Not, not, <laughs> not that, not, not to that extreme. But I, yeah. but you know, I mean, sometimes I, you know, maybe my life is not going so well. You know, not like Charles Dickens, Tom, oh them, but um, yeah. you know, close to that. And so I would always leave my phone number. So one, one day, and uh, uh, probably. Oof, 86, 87, there's a phone call. My dad says, hey, you know, hey, Mark, it's for you. It's probably one of your friends, someone with a British accent. Ah, joking around or whatever. So I pick up the phone, and it's Kelly DeBrock. Herself. Yeah. Not I mean, an assistant. No, it's obviously, I mean, I, you know, you can even, uh, you know, I've always been pretty discerning with voices, but I, I know it's her. It's like, you know, hey, Mark, this is Kelly DeBrock. I'm in shock, and I just... I, I take the phone as far as I can go all the way, like away from my parents. And I'm, I'm around a corner in the kitchen, just like with it up against my face. And I'm like, hello. And uh, basically the entire conversation, all I said was yes and no. That's all I could muster out. She's like, oh, well, your letter was, you know, really nice. And I just, you left your number. So I thought I'd call you. Yes. <laughs> You know, and she's like, well, you know, did, you know, did you, it was, 
really good letter. You you like my movies? Yes. <laughs> you. Uh, I, I I mean, there was no nowhere to go with this conversation. Yeah, I, well, and I think not I, from Mister Rico Suave. Over no, here. and I think I, did, I mean, the only thing I said was like, "Are you going to give me an autograph? Are you going to no, Are you going to send me an autograph?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll send." You. Wait, how old were you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> 30? No, no, no. no. I was uh, 13. Right, so it was more like, are you going to give me an autograph? Yeah, that's probably more realistic. But uh, yeah, I offered nothing nothing back in conversation, but, uh, you know, I was, and and as soon as I hung up, I just, of course, was angry at myself for like, ah, why didn't I talk more to her? And my dad was, I mean, he was, he he loved Kelly LeBrock. Uh And he was just like, couldn't believe it you know he was like oh my god that was kelly lebrock and uh i did eventually get my uh my autograph warm wishes kelly lebrock she looks amazing that's an amazing picture she looks amazing a couple years later is when she met steven seagal and started in hard to kill and everything went downhill for oh her, you're, so. not, you're not approving yeah have you thought about reaching out to her again now that you're older and maybe i don't know Rehashing old times. <laughs> well, in preparation for this podcast, I uh, I looked her up on Facebook, and I sent her a message. Well, actually, I'm not friends with her, and, and you can't really – you know, you can send someone you're not friends with a message, but they never get it because it goes to the other folder. But if you pay a dollar, you can send a message to them directly. Which really? I, yeah, I thought that was – I thought I was on a fake Facebook, like, <laughs> like asking for my credit card. But I looked it up, and – as a as trying to avoid like spamming and like all that stuff you can pay a dollar which is ridiculous right but uh i did that but you did it. i did it for this well for this podcast right i appreciate you know, your sacrifice so give me a dollar yeah but uh yeah i didn't hear from her but i think i first mean, the I, pepper cut i think dollar. i i, <laughs> I think uh, a death by a thousand cuts i think she uh i mean honestly if she sees that message I mean, I've heard from other people, i.e. your wife, yes. that uh, she doesn't think Kelly Brock would remember. Yeah. But I don't know. I well, we're going to find out. I, she... don't, I don't think she called many kids that, 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 asked, that wrote her for autographs. No, just the ones that were on their deathbeds from cancer. I never said that. <laughs> but I left my phone number, and it was a good letter. And so uh, in your Facebook – so history repeats itself. In your Facebook message, you put your phone number again? No. Yeah. Well, how is she supposed to reach out to you? She can send me a message back. This is the 90s. Well, this is the <laughs> this is, I'm stuck in the 90s. Oh, Lord. This is the 2010s. Oh, God. <laughs> What's our next oh, topic? Um, Moving on. <laughs> So I'm looking at this pile of stuff in front of you, which is an amazing pile of stuff. There's a lot of photographs, but the other thing I'm seeing is a lot of correspondence. Did you, were you exchanging letters with people as well? Well, yeah. Actually, as I said, I was I was obsessed with uh, 80s, 90s, low-budget movies, and a lot of them were uh, Canon films, uh, which were produced by these two uh, – Canon? Canon, C-A-N-N-O-N. Oh, okay. Produced by these two Israeli guys, Golan Globus. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. There was a couple of, like, I was, I kind of, I love this this movie, American Ninja. Oh, and there, yeah. And there was a, uh, 
the lead actor is uh, Michael Dudikoff. His basically his sidekick is uh, this guy named Steve James, and I, being obsessive even as a kid, I uh, I had read an article somewhere that said Michael Dudikoff lived in Marina del Rey, and so I you know being which is, a, which is here in L.A. for those that don't know yeah, and being a psychotic little kid, I dial four one one and say Marina del Rey, Michael Dudikoff, you know. Give me the phone number. I got a phone number from from 411. I call it up and kind of an old guy answers. And I say, hey, is this Michael Dudikoff? And the guy says, uh, senior or junior? And I say, uh, junior? Oh, no, this is his father. And so I did get a hold of Michael Dudikoff Sr. His dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, which was kind of cool. You know, I just said, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, tell him I, uh, someone call, I like his movies, bye. So that was the end of my Michael Dudikoff experience. But Steve James, I just, I, you know, I wrote him and, uh, you know, asking for an autograph and wrote a little letter and didn't leave my phone number this time, but was expecting an autograph. I got a, uh, now, like, so, and again, Steve James was in, uh, he was an American ninja. He was also in the, the Delta Force, nineteen eighty six. He was in the Exterminator, nineteen eighty. Enter the Game of Death, nineteen seventy eight. He was in uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Yeah, he was. He in, was in. Yeah. He was in uh, Weird Weird Science. Right. Speaking of Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. He was a uh, like an uncredited uh, guy uh, at uh, table. Yeah. He was, just, he was just. He was in the. He was just in the bar where Anthony Michael Hall was getting super drunk and right. doing that funny bit. And but mask it, and fatal vision. Now that's crazy. That's a story that connects to North Carolina about yeah, Jeff the, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a huge thing in North Carolina when I lived there as a kid. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. And he was in the player. He was the uh, bringing uh, one of the one of the guards. Tim Robbins to the jail at the oh, end. right. Just, yeah. So according to his Wikipedia page, obviously he's a martial artist, but apparently he was an expert in Fujiao Pai, which is a system in uh, Tiger Claw Kung Fu. Pretty cool. Anyway. So he definitely knew his stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's the real deal. He's not just, yeah, he's not a yeah. poser. And you could tell from his like fight scenes that he kind of knew what he was doing. But he was like, a, he was just a very like charismatic guy and he definitely... You could tell he was he had something going on. He wasn't just like a goofball actor. He he had like a like a really intense charisma. So anyway, I wrote to him expecting an autograph or or hoping for an autograph. And I kind of I got back a, an autograph, but I also got back a letter, like a full full-blown letter, which uh, you know, I had told him in my letter that I, you know, wanted to be a director and I blah 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 wanted to Moved right. to moved to Los Angeles, and I was just some you know goofball little kid. This is again, this is 1987. A lot of things happened in 1987. It looks like um, <laughs> I was a senior in high school. I was 16. Yeah, okay. And uh, you know, I was expecting an autograph, but he actually sent me a you know a full that's letter. It, that's it there. That letter. Yeah, two letters, three letters. Oh my. It's and, like uh, front and back, eight and a half by eleven. There, no, no, fully, full, full. Can full we on. can we scan those and put them on the site? Is that okay, or is there, or is it too personal? Oh no, no, totally. Go okay, for so it. we're yeah. gonna we're, these will by the time you hear this, they'll be on the website with this episode. And I always, uh, uh, I had said on there on the, my letters that I wanted to be a director or or in, do films in some way, you know. And I was just some kid up in Northern California, and he, he didn't know me or anything, but he still was very, very 
encouraging and like, you know, even just looking at the letters today, it's like he's writing, you keep the enthusiasm up and one day I'll be, I will probably be auditioning for you for a part in a Marc DeAndre film. Dreams do come true. Always remember that. Oh man, what a sweet guy. And uh, the fact that he would, I, I'm a goofball. He's, you know, you know, he's not like a big time actor, but he's working He took on, a lot of time though to write you back. That's well, really yeah. cool. The fact that he did that, and and just the fact that he, you know, what what so what other kind of stuff did he say to you? So he said, like, here's one, like, Mark, finish school, take as many theater and film class courses as you can, either in college or a very good performing arts school, and and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Have faith in yourself and believe in yourself. Find your talents and convince them you can always do the job. With that kind of attitude, you'll always work. Good luck and God bless, Steve James. And so, you know, I was, God, I was super, I probably read, reread these letters, I don't know, a million times when I was a kid and just, you know, I would apply, I would, I was applying to film school and even as I got older, I think I wrote them once. You went to film school, didn't you? Yeah, no, I, I did go to film school. That's how I met you. Exactly. Yeah, which, I went uh, to school with my wife. <laughs> Which will be the topic of a uh, podcast in the future. Yes, <laughs> but uh, so I, I you know, that's I, really great, though. I mean, it, it's just great. I mean, it's it's a nice it's a nice thing for 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 him to do, and it's super encouraging. Like you know, uh, the fact that some he's writing some kid he doesn't he has no idea who it is, and just some could be anywhere, and uh, the fact that he's being positive to some unknown goofball kid. Is pretty cool, and and I and I actually I wrote him, we we exchanged letters like three times, and then I wrote him again, and 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 I didn't hear back from him, and uh, I think I probably wrote him, maybe one more time after that, and and didn't hear anything, and I was down, I I came down to L.A. to visit. Did that did that affect you when you didn't hear back from him, or did you just make an assumption that he had moved on, or, uh, I just. Yeah, I didn't really I wasn't like broken by it. I just said, "Oh, you know, I don't know. He he's probably busy or doing something or maybe it didn't get to him or something." So I can I was in LA just on vacation. I w- I went to Book Soup on Sunset Boulevard and I was looking at some magazines and uh there was a little film magazine on the I still remember on the bottom layer of the, all the magazines and it said Steve James in memoriam and I in looked, memoriam yeah and I looked at it I said oh well, I picked it up and looked at it and, and it said he had died of uh, pancreatic cancer oh. um, just a couple of years after I'd probably written my last letter so uh, that was the reason he didn't write back so yeah it was it was you know I mean I was sad but uh um. Yeah, I was sad. I mean, there's no way around it. I, I, I definitely, you know, I kind of stood there for a bit and read the article, and and um. What do I say there? I don't know. There's nothing to say. Does it still make you sad? It makes me sad just hearing it right now. Honestly. Yeah, I mean it's uh. He had a good heart, you know. 
Yeah, and and uh, it just in preparation for talking to you, I, uh, I I had looked on on the internet a little bit about him, and uh, actually his his daughter has a Facebook page. My dad was Steve James or something like that, and I sent her a note. I had said, "I'm well, I'm going to be doing a podcast," and your dad wrote me, and you know, it just was a really meaningful letter that he wrote me, and uh, she wrote me back, his daughter, and, and so. I kind of wrote her. We kind of corresponded a little bit, and I said I would get her a copy of this uh, episode when it's done. And uh, she's trying to get her dad a, uh, a star on the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, very cool. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, most people these days don't really. I don't know. There's something about the written word that's like very cool, and 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 everything's on the internet, and your everything is so moving so fast and this and that and it's like you know just just the old school nature of writing a letter to someone and waiting and waiting and then getting a letter back from them and it's like i don't know there's kind of nothing that can really compare to that but again i probably sound like an old guy all right that's going to do it for tonight's episode i want to thank mark deandre for coming in hello everyone oh is that goodbye yeah oh Goodbye, everyone. Good Lord. Well, that wraps it up for tonight's show. Thanks for joining us. We wanted to let our listeners know we're taking a one-show hiatus to work on improving our website and get started looking for sponsors. We'll be back on June 26th with a new show. Download our free app and you'll get it automatically. Our theme was composed by Judson Crane and our sound design by Ryan McCullough. Thanks to Jim Creative Design for our logo. Most importantly, we want to thank our listeners. You can find us online at astonishinglegends.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Copyright Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess. Good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.